Okay, so good morning again, everybody. Hope everybody had a good uh, break. Uh, you know, had a coffee or tea or whatever, and uh, we're ready for uh, another hour of teaching on shepherding a child's heart. So, uh, you know, uh, last week we talked about uh, the uh, authority, right? Uh, you know, the three three main themes uh, around this: um, you know, authority, shepherding, and centrality of the gospel. So we we started with authority, and uh, you know we're going to start getting into the shepherding part, and of course the gospel centrality will come in throughout the uh, the entire study. Um, and uh, uh, you know before we get into the lesson, so today's lesson is about uh, examining and reworking your goals. So uh, you know this is based on chapter five and six of this book. I hope uh, everybody has a book. I don't know if yours might look a little differently. Because it's an Indian edition, uh, but uh, I, I'm assuming the chapters are all the same. So, so we are uh, going to be covering two chapters today, which is really about uh, about our goals, right? When we started the first introduction, we mentioned uh, uh, something about uh, goals a little bit. So we're going to look at that a little bit more in detail, uh, and uh, you know what are what are some of the unbiblical goals? How should we convert those to biblical goals? Uh, because ultimately, you know, how we discipline, how we uh, direct our children, uh, it's all going to come down to our goals, okay? What we teach them, what they end up learning is going to really come down to the goals that we set. And whether, uh, you know, some folks are very organized, they have goals written down. Uh, I would say most parents probably, if you ask them, what are your goals, they'll start, uh, you know, uh, you know, they'll start sort of hemming and hawing and not really having a clear answer. Because they haven't really thought about it, but even when you, even if you haven't actually thought about it, you still have some goals. Okay, and those goals are sort of, you know, subliminally communicated by by your interactions with your children, by the decisions that you make, right? But if you actually have clear goals that you've you've written down, that you've set out, you know, and you're clear between uh, father and mother, husband and wife, then uh, that will actually help you make wise decisions in the area of parenting. So um, let's just quickly recap a little bit. So, you know, we, uh, we talked about the, uh, uh, you know, the heart, right? What we want to talk about in this course is about the heart, not necessarily changing the behavior without changing the heart. Okay. When you change the heart, uh, you know, then the behavior follows, uh, you know, and we got this from scripture where the Lord Jesus condemned those who were hypocrites. Okay. He called them hypocrites. Those who, uh, you know, who honor honor him with their lips, or honor God with their lips, and with their even with their actions, but their hearts are far from from Him. It's more, you know, their motivation for doing the good acts was was selfish. It was to show themselves. It was to uh, gain the praise of others, right? So what God wants is the heart. And when we looked at shaping influences, uh, how the structure of the home, the kind of background of the family, the relationship between the parents. Uh, the values that uh, that are that are in the home, how those have a, a big influence on children, and we need to uh, try to provide the best possible shaping influences for our children. Because you know, of all the children in the world, our children have been born with an advantage, right, uh, from the perspective of God, of their relationship with God, which is that they are born into a home where the parents, uh, you know, are believers in Christ. The parents are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are. People who try to, uh, you know, who, who, who uh, uh, you know, who are living or want to live or desire to live or try to live, uh, you know, according to the principles of the Bible. So, so we need to shape those influences, but recognizing that that alone is not enough. What is more important is actually that your child should develop this thing called a Godward orientation and how they respond, right? How they respond to problems in life, how they respond to things, you know, they have to grow to love and trust God. And not turn to self-reliance, and uh, which is which is a form of idolatry, right? We looked at the example of Joseph, how he had a lot of bad shaping influences, but yet because of his Godward orientation, he was able to uh, able to uh, overcome that. Uh, we looked at what parenting is. That parenting is a call to shepherd the uh, the uh, the heart, the child, the heart of your child, and uh, it requires clear objectives, right? And then. Uh, you know, following the, um, you know, the methods and approaches that 
are in the scriptures, which we're going to study about, right? Um, you know, we, we talked about that we need to parent with humility and not in anger. Uh, we need to uh, discipline uh, in a way that's corrective and not punitive. So we, I know a lot of people had questions last week uh, about this and uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into the details of, you know, of the different kind of punishments and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we talked about how, you know, especially from Hebrews 12, how, you know, uh, it says every parent chastens those, the son that he, a father chastens the son that he loves. And similarly, it says God chastens those that he loves. And if, if you're not being chastened, it's, it's almost an indication that, that, you know, maybe you don't love uh, the child, right? And so, so we need to not, uh, you know, view discipline and love as exclusive, right? They're not opposites. They're actually the same, right? You, you express your love by disciplining your child. It's because you love your child. And this is something you need to constantly communicate to your children that you're, you're not disciplining them to take it out of them. You're not disciplining them to physically hurt them. You're not disciplining them because you're angry or you're mad. Or, or they've disappointed you, but, but it is because of your love for them, right? You want their heart to be in the right place. You want them to have a right attitude and a relationship and a, and a understanding of God. And that's the reason why you discipline them, okay? So, so we're going to uh, uh, move into this, uh, uh, this thing called uh, uh, basically looking at goals. And uh, I thought I'd start off with an exercise and... Uh, I'll ask all of you to just open up your chat windows. Okay, now, uh, and I want all of you to participate. Okay, especially, uh, I guess it's mostly for the parents. Okay, if you're not a parent, you know, you're married, you have some, you might have some answer about what's in your mind, um, you know, uh, or if you're single, you know, if you have ideas, feel free to participate, but this is mostly for the married with children. Okay, and what I want you to do is, uh, again, you can either send it as a, uh, message to everyone if you if you're okay with everyone seeing your your, your answers or uh, you know uh, or, or you can uh, you can send it as a private message uh, I assure you I will not reveal your name uh, you know and whatever you say will be with me so please answer this as honestly as possible so I want you to um, you know I, I want you to do this from the child's perspective okay so you have your child uh, you know all of you who have children and, and this is really a question around how do you define success, right? Uh, so I want you to complete this and please don't over-spiritualize, okay? I know we are all very well-versed in bibliology and the, the words of the Bible and the terminologies and all that and, and we know what people want to hear. Okay? I want you to answer this as honestly as your child would answer it, okay? If, if I don't get good answers, maybe I'll ask your children to come and answer it, okay? Um, <laughs> if we can find them. But, but here's what I want you to, I want you to complete the sentence, okay? What mom and dad want for me is blank, 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 okay? Dot, 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 okay? So please send me some, some texts, uh, some chats, uh, feedback, uh, answer this question. What mom and dad want for me is blank, okay? So if your child was answering this question and, and they, were, they were telling us, you know, well, I know what my mom and dad want for me and that is, you know, the following, okay? So, so please go ahead and enter, enter that. Okay, I see one answer. We'll give a few seconds. Ah, there we go. Now they're starting to come in. Boy, these are all like good Christian parents. And, and also, as you do this, ask yourself, uh, you know, ask yourself if, uh, if, uh, if this is really what your child would say based on what you demand of them, okay, or the way that you deal with them, okay. Ah, so thank you, uh, Liju, you actually gave us, uh, gave us uh, Yana's answer. So yeah, if you have a child near you, you can ask them. <laughs> Good. Okay, a few more. Come on in. Okay, so y'all can keep uh, y'all can keep uh, putting in your answers, but but what I see here is uh, is almost like looks like almost ninety percent of the people are saying, you know, they want me to obey them, uh, obey parents, obey and be patient, 
that I be obedient and God-fearing. Kripa said this, not us. Very good. Uh, to be obedient, to obey and listen to what dad and mom says. Um, Yana said, by the way, I'm only quoting names where it's sent to everybody. Yana said, love and care. Okay, very good. Little different than obedience. Um, obedience and not be hyperactive all the time. Okay, very good. Um, so, so I guess I guess we can we can put that in the category of uh, of behavior, right? Not being hyperactive. Um, uh, obedience again. Excel in whatever God has given to me. My studies, obedience, love God. Okay, very good. Uh, here's one. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the kids says that he wants cake. All right. Uh, he must be having a birthday, I think, maybe. To obey, not to hit each other repeatedly. Uh, uh, respect each other. Okay, very good. So respect, obedience. Um, my daughter just said nothing. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, very good responses here. Uh, so another one uh, uh, says, uh, the boy said, obey, respect, follow schedule plus timings, immediate response. Okay, that's again obedience. Um, Anugrah says to be obedient. Boy, everybody's got obedience down. Huh? To be an obedient child and grow in the Lord. To be kind and to love. Okay, very good. Love people, especially your enemies. Love your sisters, though it's hard sometimes. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, that one is from Leanne. Okay, here's another little fellow who says uh, to be Jesus and then he said to obey God. Okay, very good. Wow, you got some really advanced children here. To be a good girl, um, to love and obey Jesus and be a strong young woman who stands up to what she believes. All right, and uh, let me go down here. All right, so good. So I think we got a good sampling here, um, you know, and uh, and certainly these are all good goals. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna just evaluate these a little bit, and and uh, you know I, I noticed that everybody uh, you know has got uh, obedience, uh, but even that you know we need to sort of evaluate that right and evaluate uh, the motive behind that goal right. So clearly a lot of you make it very clear and uh, you know and and, and you. Uh, you know, you teach your kids the, the importance of obedience, which is, which is, of course, a scriptural thing, right? Children are to obey, they are commanded to obey. But, um, but I want to just start off by looking at, uh, at what are some of the unbiblical un goals, okay? And some of these may not be as big of, a, of an issue here in this culture, uh, but then some of them are even more of an issue in this culture than in others. So, so that will come out as we go. Um, so, uh, you know... Uh, Obviously, most parents, all parents would have some idea of success, right? They want, they want their children to do well, all right? Now, what I didn't see in that list is, uh, uh, is uh, you know, people saying, uh, you know, I want my children to do well in their studies or I want, uh, you know, I want to, uh, uh, you know, I want them to get a good job or, you know, I want them to do well in life, right? Um, you know, um, uh, and of course, I think many of you being, very good uh, Christian parents uh, would probably not put those down. But, you know, as we go through this, ask yourself, okay, is, you know, am I, do I really have some of that in me? Right? Do I really, you know, do I really yearn for that? Is that, you know, subliminally part of what I want, right? So, so what does do well mean, right? Sometimes it means an adult life filled with opportunity and unfettered by problems, right? It says that in the book, you know, they want their children to be successful so they can do well. Okay, others want them to develop special skills. So, you know, they want them to become a good sportsman or a good musician, or, you know, a great instrument player or a great singer. Okay, uh, you know, and we go to all kinds of length, um, you know, to, to take the children to different activities. Uh, I've not seen this become, this be a big issue over here, but uh, keep in mind, this book was written by an American author, primarily aimed at, uh, you know, American culture, U.S. culture, where uh, this is very, very real, right? I mean, I remember when uh, when Timothy was, uh, you know, was, um, I don't even know how old he was. He must have been 
five or six or something, you know, uh, you know, I, I uh, it was like a thing, you know, if you had a little a boy, you took him for, uh, you know, for um, sports. Okay. So, so I enrolled him in, uh, in, uh, in uh, something called Little League Baseball. Uh, and the poor fellow couldn't even throw a ball. You try to throw it and it would land like, you know, two feet from his, from his feet. Uh, and so I remember I spent so much time with him, uh, you know, just getting him to throw and get the action right. And, you know, we would play catch in the backyard for hours. Uh, finally, he could actually throw and he became pretty decent at it. I think he played it for a couple of years or something. And then we gave up because, you know, ultimately that wasn't the big thing, uh, you know, but, but a lot of parents are really, so when you go and participate in these, you see how, um, you know, some parents are so, uh, into this stuff, okay, and they're so passionate about it, and they'll, you know, you have, a, you know, in the U.S., they have a whole class of mothers. They call them soccer moms, okay. Uh, they call football soccer. So soccer mom is somebody who has a minivan, okay. That's their vehicle of choice. It's like a stereotype. It's a very, very valid stereotype, I would say. Okay, they have a, a, a minivan where they bundle their kids, and they basically spend uh, after they come from school you know every day of the week they've got a different activity you know one day it's it's uh, baseball another day it's it's football another day it's ballet for their daughters another day it's some music you know sometimes it's more than one and they basically spend their whole lives shuttling them through all of these activities and and when they come to these games they get so passionate and they start getting angry if things don't work out for their child and you know and 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 and, and their goal is that you know they the children should be recognized. They should develop these skills that society values, right? Society values sports and music and talent very highly, right? So, so this is again a, a goal. And what we have to ask ourselves is, is this a biblical goal, right? Um, you know, what ultimately are you trying to achieve? You're trying to get people's approval. You're trying to, uh, you know, get the kid, uh, the child to, um, to develop skills. And there's nothing wrong with that. But but the question is, why are you doing it, right? What is the goal behind it? Um, another one is, uh, is psychological adjustment, okay, or, or building self-esteem, okay? And so parents think that they have to build self-esteem into, into their children. Of course, children need self-esteem, but, but this is what we're talking about is, uh, is going overboard, right? So they, uh, and there's a lot of psychological teaching out there. There's a lot of uh, advisors, you know, people writing books about this thing, about how you know, your child is born with low self-esteem and how you need to boost them up and make them feel better. And in fact, going back to that sports thing, you know, they, they, they actually combine, you know, these, these, these two concepts, right? Self-esteem with skill. And so in a, in a lot of sports, um, uh, you know, sports programs in the U.S. now, uh, they, don't, uh, they don't recognize winners and losers anymore. You know, everybody gets a certificate of participation, right? I think many of us might have, got in the VBS and all, you know, when you go for VBS to bring it to a spiritual realm, right? Uh, you get somebody wins the, the, um, the, the medal and the first place and second place, and then everybody else gets a certificate of participation. So at some point they said, you know what, that's a low, that's a self-esteem, creates self-esteem problems for the children that don't win. So let's just stop giving first place and second place. Everybody is the same. Now is that, you know, think about that, right? You're building up self-esteem but what's the cost of that? You get a whole bunch of children who grow up uh, not realizing what the real world is like. You know, that's not the way it works in the real world. Okay, in the real world, um, you know, it's the guy who performs. Uh, you know, of course, there's unfairness and all that. I'm not talking about that. But but if you want to get the promotion or you want to get the salary increase, you have to deliver. You have to perform, right? I mean, you have to do well, right? It's it's based on merit. So uh, you know, you're really giving the children the the wrong message, right? Um, so, uh, you know, you think about uh, self-esteem is, is all about the child, right? So you build up the child, okay? Whereas when you look biblically, uh, you know, what does it say? It says that we are to be the servant. The son of man came to serve and not to be served, right? So, so what should be our goal is to, is to make our children into servants, you know, thinking about others and not so much of themselves. So that's another, another group. Now, uh, well-behaved children. So many of us, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess you can uh, you can uh, think of the obedience thing there. Okay, so uh, so we want well-behaved children, and uh, and why is that? Because again, of social pressure, right? So uh, you know, having well-behaved children um, 
is 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 a good is a good goal. I mean, it's it's nothing wrong with it, but but it's really not. When you think about it, it's not really a biblical goal. Okay, well-behaved children should be an outcome, right? It's an outcome of the heart. Okay, it is not what you want to achieve. You want children who are well-behaved because you know uh, you know they they have a certain character within them. Not children who only behave well. They're just behaviorists. Like, they know what to do because what happens if you approach this with the wrong uh, attitude or the wrong motivation is children become manipulators, right? They know they'll behave well when they want something, you know, and, and we try to, you know, the goal drives how you try to achieve it. So you will try to achieve, you know, good behavior at all costs. And that means you might do a lot of things which we'll talk about next week, you know, such as bribing them, such as uh, rewarding them when they do, when they, when they exhibit good behavior without considering what's the hard attitude behind it. And you try to teach them, you know what, as long as you do what dad wants or mom wants, as long as you keep quiet in the church, as long as you do all this, you'll get what you want, right? And dad and mom don't really care that I'm being hypocritical. They don't really care what the real attitude is. They don't really care whether I'm doing it, uh, you know, out of uh, good intention or, or to, uh, to manipulate them, right? So, uh, so think of, you know, well-behaved children is a, is really a, a, should be a secondary outcome of biblical uh, parenting. Okay, it should be a secondary outcome that happens because you've been able to shepherd the heart of the child. Anyway, we'll talk more about that. Of course, one uh, that is very very relevant to our Indian culture. Okay, is good education. All right now, think about um, you know, and I'm sure that if we all had to be honest with ourselves, we you know, we would want, uh, we, we would have to admit that this is important to us, okay? Because, you know, uh, when you think about the effort we go to and the money we pay to put our children in good schools and the deposits that we pay and, and how much emphasis we put on grades and how much we go after them when they don't get good grades, um, you know, um, it's clear that this is, uh, you know, and, and of course our society, uh, you know, promotes education, right? And of course education is a good thing, Nothing wrong with education. You know, education uplifts people. Uh, if you want to survive in life, you need education. But there's a different goal for education. The, the purpose of, what is the purpose of education for a Christian, right? Is it just to get a degree? Is it just to, um, you know, is it just to, and by the way, this would apply to all kinds of education, okay? Even people going for theological education, okay? Now, why are you doing that, okay? Are you, are you doing it just to get a degree so that people will respect you, are you doing that because you think that that's the way to get a good job or, you know, good ministry opportunities, you know, uh, you know, it's because, you know, I want my children to become a doctor uh, because that, that way they'll get good marriage proposals and they'll be set for life, right? Uh, go back to the first uh, bullet there, an adult life filled with opportunity and unfettered by problems. You know, if my child can become uh, an engineer or can become a doctor or whatever, you know, a financial advisor, you know, they, they can have a good life, right? And so I got to make sure that they get educated. And, and then parents, and how do you know this? Well, you know by the amount of time you spend with them on, uh, on uh, tuition and, you know, going over their homework. By the way, I'm not saying don't, don't help them with their homework or anything, but, but the, the, the zeal and the, the, the pressure that we put ourselves under, right? The pressure we put ourselves, I mean, you look at, um, you, look at uh, you know, these uh, children, in the 10th and the 12th and are committing suicide, right? Uh, because of the pressure of grades, um, you know, uh, it's really amazing, okay? And even we put that pressure. I mean, I know, uh, you know, the people that I work with, you know, these are people that work directly for me. Uh, they are under so much tension when the exam time comes in. And honestly, you know, I, I'm thankful to God that, you know, when it comes to my kids' education, I've never had much tension about it. Okay? I don't even... Honestly, I mean, I'm, this is probably not a good thing, but but I'm not even you know staying in the loop on what exams they have coming up, okay? Uh, because, uh, but having said that, you know, I do instruct them, I do make sure that they're studying, and if they if I find that they're not putting in an effort, then you know we we have we have a talk about it. But at the end of the day, you know, what grades they get, um, you know, is not something that that I spend a whole lot of time worrying about, um, you know, because there there are a lot of ultimately getting. Uh, good grades and getting a great degree from a great college is not uh, indication of what they're going to be in life. Okay. And certainly not at all an indication of what kind of spiritual life they're going to have.
सकते हैं एंड एंड यू नो सो सो आई थिंक दिस इज समथिंग वी हैव टू वॉच आउट फॉर एंड वी आर ऑल वेरी ऑनेस्ट विद आवर सेल्व वी विल से दिस इज समथिंग दैट यू नो दैट इज दैट इज अ गोल बट बट इज इट अ बिब्लिकल गोल राइट सो यू नो वी आर सो वेडेड टू सक्सेस कमिंग फ्रॉम एजुकेशन ओके देन अनदर वन इज you know they they simply want to control their children okay parents want to control okay this sort of goes with that obedience and the good behavior thing it's somewhat related to those two um so they want children who are manageable children that will um, will uh, will always do the right thing okay whatever is the right thing at the moment you know when i tell them they will do it right uh, again that's a great secondary outcome to have but is it really uh you know the right goal so we'll come back to that thought right uh, but the fact is that uh, uh, and then the last one uh, which uh, which i can't skip which is uh, you know the goal of salvation okay so i'm i'm surprised that nobody uh, i was looking through that uh, i th- i think some people said following jesus and all that so so we have a goal of salvation so let me ask you is this really a biblical goal okay um, you know something that that we should think about uh, because um, by the way the, of course you know we want our children to be saved right but uh, but is this a sufficient goal so what happens when we make salvation a goal is that we tend to create children who say the right things and do the right things because that's what expected of them and then they end up not saved you know we had a we had a very interesting discussion going on on one of the whatsapp groups here with uh, several of the men at cbf this week uh, talking about uh, Uh, a guy that many many of us knew <clears throat> who uh, you know who was a uh, uh, a believer well, supposedly a believer he was in one of the assemblies in at least two or three different assemblies here in bangalore um you know uh, got married and now uh, he has completely abandoned the christian faith and in fact he uh, you know he made a video uh you know there's a there's a there's a group putting out videos of ex christians you know people who came out of christianity and and he came on there and apparently he's now a hindu probably a member of the rss uh, but uh, you know and 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 he's talking about and and when you listen to him talk he says you know i grew up in this way you know i got up i grew up in a family where we had to get up at 5 o'clock every morning and we had to sing and we spend one hour uh, you know talking about the family prayer or family altar and somebody gave the thoughts and then you know i was given this message of salvation from the day i was born and and eventually it was just the thing that i had to do okay because that's what you did if you wanted acceptance in our culture if you wanted acceptance in our uh, you know the groups that we were with in our church uh, you had to believe okay you had to be born again uh, and he talked about how you know he never felt any change he never felt anything in his life uh, but he had to become born again so he became born again and then later on when he started you know uh, when he started uh, questioning all of these things that he got ostracized and eventually you know it led to this journey and he's gone away from the faith okay probably was never saved to begin with and obviously you know he grew up in a godly family and his parents had this this wonderful goal that he should be saved you know he was saved he was baptized he was married into a christian you know supposedly a believer and all these kind of things but you know in reality you know he checked all the boxes but uh, you know um, you know the the problem is that we think that you know when when i when i put salvation up here when when there's in the book the point is that you know we shouldn't make salvation as the goal okay salvation again should be an outcome of pursuing a different goal right because what happens is we are satisfied and we have this mentality that says oh my child is saved okay next thing is next check the box thing is baptized they have to be baptized so let's make sure many of you you know before you were you were in the gulf before you left the gulf your parents wanted to make sure that you were baptized because god forbid that you know you go off unbaptized and go get wayward right and sometimes it becomes a way to manipulate uh, as well right or oh, you're saved or oh, you're baptized you can act that way, right so uh, you know and, and then the other problem is that we think that we have, we have this false notion that the moment our children get saved then all our problems are solved okay now if you are a Uh, an honest believer you know that salvation doesn't solve all your problems okay you look at anybody uh, you know even after they are saved and the struggles they have to go through and the whole process of sanctification right uh, it doesn't stop there 
right? It does not change the basic issues of child rearing. Your child, uh, let's say they, they say a prayer or the sinner's prayer or they go to the VBS or Sunday school and, and they repeat a prayer and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, do they change overnight? You still see the same attitudes, right? You still need to shepherd their heart, right? You still need to teach them. So salvation, just, just being satisfied with saved children, you know, oh, well, my children are doing this and that, but you know what? They're saved. They said a prayer when they were eight years old or 12 years old or whatever, right? That's good enough, right? I got, they got their ticket to heaven. So, so again, uh, just having their salvation as a goal is also not purely biblical. Okay, so let's, let's remember that. Um, you know, another goal might be family worship. Okay, we want, uh, we want to, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we have family worship. And this becomes a ritual in the home because we think that just doing that. Okay, so it becomes an end in itself. Okay, it's not a means to an end, right? It's not a means to an end in directing the child to God. We think that just doing this sort of automatically in a rote and as a ritual, um, you know, will, uh, will, will, it actually be the goal, right? Um, so, uh, but but there was no, and, and while we do this, you know, on the other hand, you have a lot of issues going on in the marriage, issues going on in the home. You got anger issues, you got impatience issues, you got uh, abuse issues in some homes, right? Uh, obviously, there's a dissonance there, and children sort of see through that. Okay? So these are some of the the goals that we see, and and, and uh, let's keep in mind that the Bible. Uh, strongly warns us against being influenced by the culture around us. Okay, uh, in fact, you look at God's command to the Israelites. You know they were to drive the nations, and why were they to drive the nations out? Uh, you know, when you go back to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, it's very clear. You know, He says you stay away from them because what was God's concern is that you know uh, is that you will um, you know that they will uh, corrupt you, they will pollute you, and make you go after their gods. Okay. And that's why God was so particular that they were to go and capture them and destroy them and, and not intermarry with them and all these kinds of things, right? So the, the thing about intermarriage was not uh, about the, the prohibition against intermarriage between the Jewish people, the Israelites and, and the non-Jewish uh, people was not about racial superiority or inferiority, any of those things. He says it very clear, okay, uh, that, uh, that it's because that if you marry, okay, if you marry their daughters and you give your daughters uh, you know, as marriage to their sons, what will happen is they will turn your heart away from me. Okay, so we have to we have to be careful that as we look at these cultural goals and what people are wanting us to do, and and always, you know, when you think about what are my goals for my children, ask myself what is the source of this goal. Okay, is it my parents, my you know in-laws, is it my friends, is it the people that I hang around with, people at work, you know. Oh, where's your child going to college or what's your child doing, right? Um, you know, that pressure is always there, right? So, so, so we are subject to the powerful influence of our culture and we must reject the things in the culture that, uh, that, that God doesn't approve of, right? And in First in Peter 2, verse 9 to 12, I'm not going to turn there. You know, it talks about how we are to be different. Okay? We are to be an example to the world. Uh, you know, we are a special people, right? And Paul warns about worldly philosophies. In Colossians 2, 6 to 8, uh, you know, he says, um, uh, let's just uh, read that. Colossians 2. Read Colossians chapter 2, verse, yeah, verse 6. Says, uh, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now listen to verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through empty, uh, through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Okay. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So, so we need to re-examine our goals, right? Uh, you know, and, and make sure that, uh, uh, that we are rejecting unbiblical objectives and we are embracing biblical objectives for our children, right? Uh, so, so what is a goal? Okay, what is a 
what is a worthy goal? If we were to capture this goal in one phrase, what would it be? Right? So we talked about a vision. Okay, a vision, uh, you know, is the love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. You know, that, that was a vision that we got from Deuteronomy chapter 6. But, um, but what should be, you know, what should be the ultimate goal of man's life? Right? So, so you know, way back uh, in the early church, you know, they, they put together uh, this uh, something called the shorter catechism. Okay? Now, that sounds a little ominous when we use the word catechism and all that. You know, we think it has something to do with Catholics, um, you know, but, but it's not really anything about Catholics. It's just sort of a creed. It's a, it's a set of things that there's some hundred odd questions you know, that are part of, and it's a good thing, by the way, you should go and look it up and, and check it. And, and it, it really helps crystallize some of the fundamental truths of the Christian faith. And, uh, you know, and, and really our, a worthy biblical goal, goal comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 31, okay, which is that whatever you do, okay, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, right? And then the first question in the shorter catechism, and this is something that, that, that they would teach, people would teach, you know, you would ask the question and then you would learn the answer, right? And it was a way to memorize sort of the, the basic, uh, you know, basic tenets of, of human life and of, of, of Christianity and, and what the way that we as Christians should live. So first question of, uh, in the shorter catechism is what is the chief end of man? Okay, or what is the chief goal? What is the chief purpose for which God created man, right? And the answer was, Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And there's two parts there, right? One is to uh, glorify God. His chief objective, his chief goal in life is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So, so it's about a relationship. It's about a two-way relationship with God, right? It's about doing things to glorify God. And, 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 and if we set this as a goal, right? So the goal is not education. It is to glorify God. The goal, the goal is not to become obedient. It is to glorify God. The goal is not, um, you know, to have a, a, a fulfilled, happy life. It is to glorify God, right? It's to glorify God in your education. It's to glorify God in your behavior. It's to glorify God in the kind of life you have, right? Uh, it's to glorify God in the way that you behave, right? You obey in order to glorify God. So, so ultimately, it comes down to, so, to, to making this as the, main goal, right? So this is the worthy goal that we should all have, right? So, so we'll take a look at how, how this modifies or brings a different twist to the kind of goals that we typically have. And this is sort of, think of this as the goal behind the goal, okay? Uh, it's, uh, it's the primary goal, right? The primary goal we have, and when we pursue this primary goal, okay, you will achieve a lot of those secondary goals, like, you know, children who study well, children who do well, children who obey, Right? But then it will be for the right reasons because you're shepherding them to do it in a way that glorifies God with the right heart attitude. Right? So, so always keep this in mind you know, uh, that, uh, that the chief end of man, this is by the way, not just for children. Right? This, is, this should be the goal for you and me, for everybody. Okay? What, what is the chief end of man? Okay? What is my chief end? Why, what is the chief end of my job? That the way I do my job, I should glorify God. Now, how do I... Glorify God in my job. I do it, you know, according to Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Okay, I do all things as unto the Lord. I do all things not as a man pleaser, but as a God pleaser, right? Uh, I am uh, obedient to my master, right? I do the best that I can, right? Because ultimately it is God who gets glorified by me doing a good job, not, not my boss, not anybody else. But that's the reason I do it, not, not for the purpose of getting a, a merit increment and not for the purpose of getting a promotion. And if God blesses you with that, great. Okay, but the question we have to ask ourselves is, in my job today, am I glorifying God? Okay, am I doing my job so well that God would be pleased with the quality of my work, that God would be pleased with the attitude that I show towards my, my fellow employees? Okay, uh, and then, of course, enjoying him, right? Do I have that relationship with God as my child grows up? You know, is he or she uh, really getting to know God? Right? Is, he, is he building up that relationship with the Lord? So we need to teach our children to use their abilities and their attitudes uh, and their talents and their intelligence to glorify God rather than make their lives better. So why should you study well? 
okay because god is glorified not because you're going to get a job or not because you're going to you know why should you go and get this degree okay because you know it gives you abilities to uh, and talents and knowledge uh, that with which you can glorify god is that what you're trying to do you know when we try to make those decisions you know as 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 children grow up and they become they go into their teenage years you know it's something we have to you have to ask why do they want to go study that what is the purpose what are they trying to achieve right uh, are they being guided by god are they being guided by 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 this goal of wanting to glorify god and to enjoy him for forever are they being guided by worldly goals right when you think about the way we choose what courses we study and all these kind of things it's all about oh, well that's going to be a, get you a good job and of course in this day and age you don't know what's going to get you a good job because the world is changing so fast right so go back to the the basics here okay so what does it mean for shepherding okay so it means that uh in every context we need to set a biblical world view before our children okay so it means that we need to teach what is a biblical world view it means thinking according to the bible it means interpreting the world according to the bible okay why is the world the way it is why is there sin in the world why is there suffering in the world um you know where did all the stuff that we see come from right now there's a secular world view and there's a biblical world right so so our objective and 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 in order to achieve this objective you know you have to do this right in every context you need to put before them this biblical world view and they must be taught that they are creatures made in the image of god that they are made for god that god desired uh, you know to have fellowship with them but but again this is the centrality of the gospel right even in our goals the gospel comes in so ultimately you know the only way that you can glorify god and enjoy him forever is to get into a relationship with him right is to is to go to him and accept the the free gift of salvation right that was purchased for us on the cross of calvary by the lord jesus christ okay you can you can have all the talents and all of these things you know, as jesus himself said what does it profit a man if he uh, if he gains the whole world and loses his soul right uh, so we need to think about that right so so they must be taught that man was made in the image of god they must learn that they will only find themselves as they find god that self esteem and all of these kind of things come in you know based on the value that god has put in them the fact that they are created in the image of god you know and think about what you teach them about their looks when you teach them about how they should look or how they should dress or how they should do this or that uh, you know you're sending them a message that your looks are what is important right your value is in looks people need to think of you well by the way you dress and the way you cut your hair and the way you conduct yourself and and all of these kind of things and then they start thinking that that these are what is important rather than you know getting value in the fact that they are somebody made in the image of god right they must grow to the point of uh, you know like david who says whom i have of psalm 7325 whom have i in heaven but you and earth has nothing i desire beside you that that desire for god okay now uh, this is not an easy goal to achieve okay i can tell you that you know as i look at all of my kids uh, the grown up ones you know they're all at different points in this journey okay and and i say that all of them uh, you know are where i would like them to be spiritually but they're not okay they're all at different points they're at different places there are glimpses of of things that i see that please me there are other glimpses that don't uh, you know but again uh, you know you, you that that whole journey starts in childhood uh, you know uh, and uh, and and as they grow in their faith you know your hope is that you know the things that you taught them and the, the world view that you put into them will direct them in the right path so we must present to them the objectives to pursue uh, and the ways of solving problems that are biblical okay this is what the world is treat train them to think biblically okay because you know uh, that's where that's the difference between rules and laws right where we tell them you do this or don't do that because the world changes okay in 20 years from now 15 years from now when your 2 year old is going to college the world is going to be so different the problems are going to be so different the challenges are going to be so different but the word of god okay is the same yesterday today and forever okay it's 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 it's, it's it has everything we need for life pertaining to life and godliness right um you know and so you have to train them to think biblically you know take a problem how do i approach this biblically and of course they learn that by how you deal with problems that's why the example of the parents is so important so now we're going to just uh, talk about you know looking back at all those goals that we had and we're going to rework them 
Okay, so uh, I wrote a table here. So let's just go through each one of these. So we said some of the worldly goals are around, you know, a worldly goal or a goal that comes from culture is to build a sense of self-worth and confidence and self-trust. So you, you believe in yourself because, you know, you've trained yourself and you've got all these abilities. Now, how do you turn that into, how do you rework that, right? Okay, uh, you know, how do you rework that into, into a goal that's oriented to a biblical worldview? Okay, here are some examples. You know, you exercise and care for your body as an expression of the stewardship for God's gift. So you, you need to tell your children, you know, why would you, why should you exercise? Okay, why should you uh, maybe get involved in some sports? It is to exercise, it is to, to train your body, it is to discipline yourself. Why? Because, you know, that, uh, that, is, that is part of your responsibility as a steward of what God has given you. You know, why do you not allow certain things into your body? Because, you know, you have to, uh, you know, you have to steward it for the glory of God, right? God has given you certain gifts, right? Maybe it's a, it's a gift of, of physical, um, you know, strength or, uh, or uh, you know, athletic ability or, uh, uh, you know, or um, uh, maybe it's a, it's a gift of smartness, right? Okay, but you need to develop those why, okay? Not so that other people will praise you, not so that you'll achieve something in the world, but rather so that you can use the God, the gifts that God has given you, the talents that God has given you for his glory, okay? Let's talk about psychological adjustment, okay? The, the worldly or the cultural goal is to, is to be effective with people, to build self-esteem. But what is a biblical view or worldview goal for this? It is to find your worth in God and not yourself, to serve others, okay? So you need to teach them that, you know, uh, you become adjusted, you become, uh, you know, you get self-esteem, you draw your self-esteem from what God thinks of you or who you are in God, that you are made in the image of God and you, you get, you serve others, right? You're not trying to uh, do things, uh, you know, uh, so when we talk about psychological adjustments or we'll say somebody is not, um, what's the word I'm looking for, socially adept or, or they don't have social skills, okay? So what we mean by that is that they don't have a way to manipulate the situation to get what they want, okay? But what are we supposed to do? Okay, biblically, we're supposed to serve others. When you look at well-behaved children, all right, what is the worldly goal behind that? You know, behind that objective is to seek the approval of men rather than God, right? We want people to say, oh, what, what well-behaved children? I, I can tell you, you know, when, whenever we had, we have all, all, a lot of kids, we would go to a restaurant uh, in the U.S. to eat or something, you know, and, uh, and we would sit there and, and, you know, and our kids have always been, you know, pretty well behaved and they will sit there quietly and not be screaming and yelling and all these kind of things. And, and of course, we always do attention because, you know, there's the two of us and then there's, you know, four or five or six, you know, seven children sitting around there. And the first thing, somebody will come to us while they're leaving and say, um, excuse me, are these all your children? So that's the first question. Okay. And uh, then we say, oh yeah, they're all ours. Really? Oh, wow. That's wonderful. And then the next thing they say is, you know, uh, you, you must be so proud of them. They are such well-behaved children. And oh, you can just see your head going like, oh, thank you very much. You know, um, you know, is that really the goal? No, but what are we supposed to do? You know, we have to teach our, teach our children that they have to look out for the interest of others. Okay, why should they be well-behaved in the restaurant? Okay, let's just take that example. Okay, they go there and when they scream the, and things, what are they doing? They're disturbing everybody else. They're causing chaos for everybody else. They're uh, you know, impinging on other people's privacy and people have come there to have a good dinner and things like that, you know, or, or when they go to church for that matter, okay, and they're screaming and yelling, right? You know, think about the principle of loving your neighbor, okay? You show that you love them by doing what, what is valuable for them, right? So look out for the interest of others, like Philippians 2, verse 20, 21, you know, always be looking out for others. So that's a biblical goal, right? The reason that we want our children to be well-behaved is for the right reasons. It is because not behaving well, okay, it, it causes trouble for others, right? Uh, it um, Their heart must be in the right place. You must use, do it for the right reasons. Okay, let's move on to uh, the good education. So in the worldly sense, we want to achieve academic awards and recognition, good grades, because that sets you up for worldly success, okay? But, you know, what's, what's the way to have a, a biblically oriented goal around education? It is that you learn to work and study diligently and faithfully for God. 
Okay, God has promised to reward faithfulness. You know, God has, God has said, you know, I, he's not, you know, God never, when he looks at the way, look at the way God uh, works, he, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, really focus so much on results. Okay, but he focuses on faithfulness. You know, take the parable of the, um, of those three servants, right? You know, uh, one was given uh, uh, one talent, one was given five talents, one was given 10 talents, okay? Now the guy who, who got 10, he came back with 10, right? Uh, 10 more, the other guy came back with five more, um, you know, uh, and the other guy did nothing. Okay, now who does God bless there and who does he condemn and how does he do it? Does he say to the guy who, who came back with 10, oh wow, amazing, you came first, okay? You got more than this other guy, all right? Uh, no, he doesn't, okay? He says to both of them, because both of them worked faithfully, they were faithful in doing the wish of their, their master, the desire of the master, and they came back, they multiplied it, they did their work and he said, you have been faithful over little, you know, I will give you responsibility for much, right? But what does he say to the last one? He says, you have, you are, you unfaithful servant, right? God wants faithfulness and that's what you have to, and you know, when I, when I, uh, like I said, you know, grades is not something I spend a lot of time over, but one thing I do do is that, is that, you know, you can always sense, you know, not every child is, is the smartest, okay? Um, you know, they're not all going to get the same grades. They're not, uh, you know, uh, they, they don't have the same intellectual capacity and that's okay, right? But you have to recognize that. Now, what, what I do always talk to my children about uh, in terms of education is when I see that they're not putting in the effort or they're being lazy, okay? And it's a laziness and their sloppiness and their lack of focus that's leading to, um, you know, to, to, to the bad results. Okay. So yesterday I had a talk with one of my kids who I will not name, uh, you know, reviewing the assignments and, uh, you know, some very simple math problems. Okay. Uh, you know, it was obvious that, that, uh, this child of mine just didn't pay any attention, didn't read, you know, this child knew exactly what the right answer was, but got it wrong. Okay. So my point there was, look, you're not, you're not paying attention. Your heart is not in it. You're getting distracted by other things that doesn't glorify God. Right? Learn to work and study diligently and faithfully for God and God will reward your faithfulness in some way. It may not be with a 90% grade or, or, or 70 or 80, you know, but he will reward you. Okay? That's what God wants. So that's how you turn the education goal into, uh, into something that's biblical. Okay? Then uh, salvation. So the, the worldly goal is to think that salvation uh, fulfills your responsibility as a parent. That's it. You know, I'm done. Okay, my child is saved. Praise the Lord. Okay, um, uh, you know I'm happy. Oh, you should be happy. My child is saved. They're baptized. You know, and then later on you say, "Oh my goodness, how could that have happened? He was saved. He, he got up and gave his testimony. He got baptized. You know, he got baptized by this very famous evangelist." Okay, so we we, we give credit to all these things that that are meaningless, right? What are we to do? How do we turn that into a biblical goal to teach them the ways of God? It goes beyond just salvation. We have to uh, teach them repentance and faith for all of life. It's not just for salvation. We have to, we have to spiritually nurture them. You know, that's why, you know, nowhere, by the way, if you look in scripture, nowhere does it say that you have to bring your children to salvation. Okay. Nowhere. You will not find a verse that says that. Okay. What does it say? You know, you are to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Okay. You have to instruct them in the word. You have to nurture, you know, you have to, you are, you have to shepherd them, okay, in the ways of God, in the ways, and ultimately, because you know why, why God doesn't tell us that? Because ultimately salvation is his doing, okay? I cannot save my child. If I try to do that, you know, I'll, uh, you know, that's not going to work, all right? Only God can save your child, but I have a responsibility to bring them up in a way that they hear the gospel, they understand the gospel, they know what the gospel life is, okay? They know how the gospel should impact life so that, they, re they realize it's not just a, a, a rite or a ritual or a ceremony. Okay, think about all the religions of the world. They've got ceremonies. You take the Jewish people. You know, they have that, um, I forget the name, a ceremony they do with their, with their kids when they turn 11 or 12. It's a coming of age. Okay. Bar Mitzvah. Ah, Bar Mitzvah. Thank you. Okay, um, you know, uh, they do all this and, and or, the, or, the, or take the Catholic church, right? You have the first communion or the, um, the confirmations, they, as they call it, right? Uh, these are all rituals, okay? And, and unfortunately, you know, we even as believers, we create these kind of rituals and, and, and coming of age kind of things subtly, right? So 
uh, you know, very often you'll say, uh, you know, if you have a child that's wayward or in their you know, in the definition of people, they're not saved, they're not baptized, uh, there's a big concern, right? Or, or what a sad thing, right? Of course, it's sad. I mean, you're sad that somebody's, you know, going to, you know, perish for all eternity. Okay. But the opposite is that we think that just because somebody went, ticked the box and stood up at VBS and got baptized, we think they're saved. Okay. And they may not be. So we have to teach them. They have to model the ways of God. What does a gospel life look like? Right. And then family worship, you know, substituting rituals for real life application of the scripture. So, you know, family in a biblical worldview of family worship is a means to knowing God. It's a vehicle for shepherding and nurturing. It's a way to read the word and teach your children how to apply it. Okay? It's not an end in itself. It is a means to an end. Okay. And the, the end is to know God, right? You want the children to know God and to go back to this, right? Uh, to, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to have this goal, achieve this goal where they grow up and they become men and women who glorify God and they learn to enjoy him, that he becomes somebody that's driving the decisions they make, driving the goals of their life. Right. And that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what, that's the way we, we turn all of these worldly cultural goals, you know, into biblical world, world, uh, biblical worldly goals. So the things on the left, left column, there's nothing wrong with any of those, you know, what makes them uh, an appropriate goal or not, it really depends on how we approach it, right? What is behind it? What is our motivation behind it? So, so I think it's important that all of you sit down and please, uh, what I would ask you to do is uh, please go and read the chapters if you haven't already. And then, you know, sit down with your wife and uh, take this seriously. Okay. I mean, many of you start taking this seriously when you, when you only, when you have kids and then they start, um, you know, uh, they start uh, uh, misbehaving and then only you start worrying about it. Uh, and we think there's a magic bullet, okay, whether that's spanking or whatever, everybody's looking for a magic bullet. Okay? There is no magic bullet. You know, sit down with your wife and ask yourself, what is our goal for this? Because you look at all of those things, those are all areas in which you make decisions. You're going to make decisions about the education. You're going to make decisions about what to get them, where to, what not to get them. You're going to make decisions about all kinds of things, okay, in their life. And if you don't have these goals set and you're not evaluating, you know, why am I thinking that way? You know, I want my child to go to, you know, the best university in the world, okay, or the most, you know, well-known, why do I want that? Does that really make sense? Does that align with what God would do? Does that align with what I want for his or her life? You know, and I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll just give you a close with a, with a very, very good uh, an illustration. It's a real life illustration um, um, of, um, of, of an old man that I, that I met back in the U.S. He was a believer, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, he had, a, he had a bit of a tough life, but, um, you know, I, and I think it just captures this, right? And he had two sons, all right? Now, now I only knew about the one son because he would always bring the son with him. He would come for the meetings and for some of our Wednesday Bible studies and all that this is back when we were in the U.S. And, uh, and he would bring the son and this son uh, was physically challenged. Okay? He was handicapped and um, I guess he had a downs or something, quite an extreme form of downs. Uh, but a very sweet boy. So he was quite old. He must have been, the son must have been like 35 or 40 or something, but, uh, but physically wasn't developed and emotionally wasn't very developed. And, and he would always be sort of sitting like this and, and, and you just looked at him, you'd feel very sorry. But, but you know, this, this, this child, he, you know, he knew the Lord. Okay? And, I, and I got to tell you, there's something, there's something special about these, uh, you know, children with Down syndrome or, or people with Down syndrome and diseases like that, 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 at least in my observation, where they seem to have a special ability to connect with God. And he would, he would even pray and stuff. Okay? I mean, he would pray during the prayer uh, and, and such beautiful prayers. And it was tough to follow him, uh, you know, his words. But, but if you listen carefully, you could get it. And he would really pray. So anyway, so one day I was talking to this man. And, uh, and, and he was telling me, he said, uh, you know, so I was talking about his kids and his, this son of his, and then he had another son. Okay. So he, he started talking to me about his other son and, and he was so proud of that son. And, and he said, you know what, he was, uh, he was admitted into this, uh, this uh, very elite program in, in Duke University. I guess now Duke University is one of the top notch schools in the universities in the, in the United States. And it's very hard to get into. And he was going on and on about how he had done this research and that research and, and 
this and that. And, um, and, uh, and he got admitted into this elite program. He's one of only, you know, a handful of people. And, and now he's doing this and he's working there and he's doing uh, this and that and the other. And he went on and on and on. And, and he wouldn't say a word about this other son. And, um, and you know, and, and after a while, I kept hearing this and, you know, all this praise for this son of his who was achieving so much in the world and was so smart and everything. And, and, and I don't know, I just felt led to ask him a question. And I wasn't trying to, uh, I, I didn't know the, what the answer would be, but I was just prompted to ask this, 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 this man this question. I said, uh, brother, uh, you know, that's really good to hear that. And, uh, you know, that your son is such an accomplished uh, person. I know you're very proud of him. Uh, and I asked him, uh, brother, does he know the Lord? Okay, does he know the Lord? And, uh, and uh, you know, you could immediately see, and up until that point, he had been waxing eloquent about the son and, and his, uh, his, his demeanor just changed completely, you know, and he just hung his head and he said, uh, you know what, that's the only problem, okay, he's far, far away from the Lord, okay, now, now here you have a son of his who, who is really walking with the Lord despite his handicap and his mental condition and all that, um, you know, and here's another son who is by all worldly standards so accomplished, but not walking with the Lord, right? Um, so, you know, you know the, we, we need to think about what are the things that we are aspiring and a lot of the goals we have for our children that we impose upon our children are our own goals, okay? We are vicariously trying to live through them, right? And, and we need to sort of guard against that. We need to evaluate all of our, you know, we don't want to be in that situation where our children end up being the best of the best and achieving so much in the world, but, but we'll have to hang our head in shame and say, but they don't know the Lord, right? And it's not just that they don't, they're not saved, they just don't know the Lord. They have no interest in the Lord, right? Uh, so, so, you know, we need to go beyond, you know, that, that the whole salvation experience is something that God should bring to them, you know, and we prepare the ground for that, right? We prepare the ground for that by the way we train them, by the way we shepherd their hearts, by the way we model the gospel life, by the goals that we set for ourselves, you know, if you are a, a parent who, uh, who, whose goal is to make money and have a big house and all that, you know, your kids are going to pick that up. Okay, as they say, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. All right, He's, he or she is going to pick up all of those things. So uh, please do, um, uh, please do uh, read the chapters and, and I would encourage you to, to really uh, uh, discuss this um, uh, with the, um, uh, with the, um, you know, with the, um, with your spouse, okay, uh, and, and think about these things, okay. So um, I'm just looking to see uh, maybe we have a minute or two for for any questions. So somebody made a point that on the first question as that our kids are probably too young to be thinking about job, money, and fame. You're absolutely right. Uh, so uh, you know, I think uh, I think the purpose of that question was just to sort of get you to think about what's your goals, okay, for your children, right? Not, not necessarily what the children would say, but anyway, that was good. So uh, anybody want to ask any questions and next week we will, uh, next week we'll be studying uh, uh, and please do read ahead. We are, we are looking at, uh, uh, at uh, unbiblical methods, okay? So before we go into the biblical methods of, uh, of uh, raising your children or discipline or whatever you want to call it, right? Biblical methods, which are communication and the Lord. Uh, we're going to talk about unbiblical methods. So, so the week after next, we'll start getting into communication and, uh, and other things. Okay? We'll get more practical. So, so far, we've been laying the foundation. We talked about uh, the, the heart. We talked about uh, shaping influences and Godward orientation. We talked about uh, authority. Right, uh, we talked about goals. All right, got to have the right goals. Then only will the, the right methods work. Right, to achieve the right goals. Otherwise, the methods won't make sense. And and so next week, before we get into the actual methods, we'll we'll talk about the unbiblical methods. Okay. All right. Anybody have any questions? We have a pretty uh, pretty uh, large audience here. Almost 40 people here. Still eight. Does anybody have maybe one question that I can answer on anything I've talked about? You can chat to chat, send the person over chat or, uh, you know, or uh, 
open the mic and ask. Okay, uh, looks like nobody has any questions. Uh, okay, if anybody wants to ask questions later privately, please uh, message me. I'm happy to uh, answer any questions we have. Okay. All right, good everybody. Just uh, have a good lunch and get some rest and uh, God bless you all. Bye.